0: Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, verse number 17. Thank you, Lord. And the Lord, we're we're in uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. We're going to make sure that's on the screen. We're in the King James Version at this time. Always oh, like the word on the screen, that way people can see it. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. That day he did die spiritually. That was spiritual death. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again we want to say thank you for your Holy Spirit, your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, your grace, your mercy, your truth, your faith, and your faithfulness. Now we ask that you would teach us your word. Thank you for your now, for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. Holy Spirit, we love you so much. And we are so grateful that you come to live in us and to teach us and to lead us and to guide us and to help us understand your word. Now we bless you, we praise you, we appreciate you. Now you lead in God, and I will follow. All we ask in the precious blood about Lord Jesus. All the people that pray, say, Amen. All right, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank God for His goodness. All right, now what I want to do today is, is continue. Uh, this morning I start talking about uh, our, our message. As a matter of fact, we are on the tree of life, those who uh, who may be following our television broadcast, we are teaching on the tree of life. I'm, I'm sorry, the tree of knowledge. And because uh, God gave us that that teaching on the on the, on the tree of knowledge, uh, Adam ate of the tree, when I said that they ate of the tree of knowledge uh, and they died spiritually. So we want to make sure we get an understanding of that. I gave you the part one already. We talked about the first part, And we talked about that tree of knowledge. But at the same time, we we give you the flip side. Uh, The first part was called the the knowledge of sin. Say that with me. The knowledge of sin. Now, the knowledge of sin was given uh, to the Apostle Paul, the knowledge of sin. But at the same time, the knowledge of sin was only because, to Israel, because they were under the law say israel was under the law so the only way they could know sin they had to be under the law let me say it again the only way they could know sin they had to be under the law all right now that was romans chapter seven let's go there i gave you i can't get into this because it has its own teaching you just have to go to the storehouse uh, and get that Uh, i'm just going to give you a little bit romans chapter number seven uh, Paul says and verse number seven, he says, what shall we say then? We're going to wait on the screen. Romans chapter seven. I want to say that one more time. The only way you could know sin, you have to be under the law. So when you hear people, their conversation is all about sin, sin, sin. See, the only way you can know sin, you're under the law. All right, we'll always wait on the screen. Romans chapter 7, verse 7. What shall we say then? Uh, Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law. Do everybody see that? Uh, Let me go to the camera. Do everybody see that? He said, I had not known sin but by the law. So otherwise, you can't know sin unless you're under the law. Because first of all, you got to understand the word no. No, is just not a knowledge term that you learn in school. No mean to be sexually intimately involved with sin. So you have to understand the meaning of the term before you establish your opinion. As a matter of fact, let's look at what the word says. Here he says, I had not known sin, but by the law. So we take that as just an educational word. But the word of God go deeper than education. So let's go back and look at Genesis chapter four and look at verse one out of the King James, verse one out of NLT. What does it mean to say Genesis four and one? We'll get some clarity on the verse. We'll talk about the knowledge of the truth See, what happened is we go to church a little while, and we get to a place that we think we know. And that's why the Apostle Paul used the term, when you think you know, you know not as you ought to know, you know nothing at all. And see, I have to learn this because I've been ministering now 43 years, going on 44 years, and I'm still at the place knowing that I don't know. So you gotta understand something, you you gotta keep growing. If you get to a place where you stop knowing, you stop growing. Never get to a place where you think you have accomplished or arrived in the Word. You think you're smarter than God now. You don't wanna get there. So Genesis chapter four, we're looking at the King James first and then we're gonna look at the uh, NLT, just one verse. Genesis four and one, when you get there, Amen. It's on the screen. Genesis 4 and 1. It says, And Adam knew Eve, his wife. Now, I'm asking you in this church. I'm going to go to the screen. I don't want to go to the screen all the time. I want to be able to talk to the people that I'm pastoring. But what does it say? It says, Adam knew Eve. You want to read that with me, please? Genesis 4 and 1. Uh, And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. All right. Now, she says, I knew Eve. Adam knew Eve. Now watch how the Bible used the word knew out of the NLT. Put that same verse up there, Genesis 4 and 1. What does it mean for him to say he knew Eve? Genesis 4 and 1 said now Adam had sexual relationship with Eve. So the definition of the word to know means to be sexually involved with God. Spiritually involved with God sexually so the definition of the word knowledge is to have sexual intimacy with the word with the spirit see that's what it means for you to know that means God takes his word and put it into your mind and say said again to know the word means you have have intimates with the word God has taken his word and put it in your mind. For your mind is your heart. That's why I told you this morning, the purpose of the mind is to give birth to the word. So when you come in here, how is God going to call you to be fruitful? He has to put his word into your heart. We gave you this morning, Psalm 119, verse 11. Put that on the screen, either whatever you have. Psalm 119, verse 11. Psalms 119 and verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Isn't that something? Start up with verse number 9 and read the three verses together. Watch what the words say. I only have your phone loud enough for you. Okay. Psalm 119 and verse 9. Where wither shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto to the word. See, how are you going to change your life? You can't do it. It's by taking heed to the word. When you come in here, God takes the word and put the word in your heart, and your heart believes the word and calls it to come forth and bring forth fruit. That's how the word works. The word of the seed. So every, all this word you're getting will come forth if you would hold on to the word. That's why I told you about Matthew chapter 13, Mark 4, Luke 8, the parable of the sower. The enemy comes immediately to take the word out of your heart so you cannot bring or be fruitful. That's why so many people don't realize. Man, I don't understand. I don't understand how I can't get to where I need to get to in life. You're not getting the word. And the word you are getting, you listen to other people who believe differently than you believe, and they are taking the word out of your heart. That's why Jesus says, if thou can believe, all things are possible. Because you already know to believe, that means you're going to have to learn how to keep the word. You got to get the word first. You got to find a pastor who got the word, who preached Christ. Then you got to hear the word. You got to believe the word. You got to get the word into your heart. And then you got to meditate on that word, meditate on the word day and night, get the word so broken up in your spirit until you got understanding. So you may have wisdom, but you, may, you, don't, you might get, on, get knowledge, but you might not get so you understand. That's why you got people who've been in church all their life, and they have not grown spiritually since they've been in church. Because they do nothing with the word. You got to take time in the word. So you got to spend time in the word. And then you got to spend time with the Lord so He can put His word into thy heart. All right? Now, that's Psalm 119, verse 9. Verse 10 says, Psalm 119, verse 10 says, With my whole heart, see, I have sought thee. My whole heart, not some of my heart. Let me not wander from thy commandments. With my whole heart, I'll sought you. See, You got to come to a place you got to give your heart over to the Lord. Can't have your heart divided. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right. Now, I want to take you to uh, another psalm that that I was sitting there with when my daughter was ministering. This came to me, and that is uh, Psalm 42 in verse 1. Just want to give you a little of this. This is not my message. I don't preach sermons, so it doesn't matter. So if you look at Psalm 42. (coughs) Excuse me. Thank you. In Psalm 42, you'll see what David went through. And you'll hear him going through something in his spirit. Psalm 42. As the deer, he called the heart, the deer. He pantheth after the water brooks. So my soul follows after thee, O God. That's how you got to be. You got to come to a place where you want the word. And nothing else going to fill the void but the word. (coughs) Excuse me. You have to know how a deer finds water. He might have to go miles and miles and miles, just like some of you go 75 miles, just one way to church, to this church. It's like a deer. He's looking for water. He puts his nose down and he just keeps going because he got to find water. If he don't, he'll die. As a deer panteth after water brooks and he gets to a place and he stops because he got to worry about who's around him. Nobody hurt him. And he goes again. He's looking for water. So Psalm 42, he said that's how, that's how he was. He says, as the heart, the deer painteth after the water brooks, so my soul falleth after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come on a before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continue to say to me, where is your God? See, that's what you hear the flesh saying. You, you so follow in God and believe in God, but you're not seeing anything happen. You keep praying, but you're not seeing nothing happen. Where is your God? When is your God going to show up? And then in verse 4, he said, when I remember these things, I poured out my soul in me. I didn't get angry with other folk. I just poured out my soul in me. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise and with the multitude that kept the Holy day. So he said, I went to church. I started following after God. I want to go somewhere where they got the word, where they got the praise and the worship, and they got sincere people who want God. You got to to have the connection. You just can't have one or the other. You can go to church, but the church is full of people who don't want God. You got to be able to have Christian fellowship, folks who want God. All right? Now, that's, that was David's Psalm 42. You can read the rest of it. That's not my message. I just want to share it with you, something I got on this morning. Now, I want to get into the Word of God because I gave you this. Adam knew Eve. He knew Eve. Now, I gave you Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. Let's go there. We're only doing the King James for the rest of the way, as I think, right now, because I've got to get something accomplished. Uh, Philippians chapter 3. Now this morning I told you about Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7 and I showed you this is, this is Paul's cry. His cry is when we get to verse 10 we're in the King James Version that I may know him. His whole thing is he wanted to know God. And a whole lot of people want to know God but they don't want to give up the garbage. You, you got to give up the garbage can. This what he had to give up was the Old Testament learning that he had. And a lot of folks, they don't want to just come out in their heart and acknowledge those people, not, what they're teaching is not right. So I'm not mad with the people, but I'm, I can't go to that church. Now, there are some churches you have said that about, but you won't say it about others. You still kind of think that they're okay, you know what I mean? You haven't, you haven't got to live in your own mind. It's nothing wrong by knowing what's good and what's evil. Until you can just separate the two, you're not ready for spiritual warfare. Let me put it another way. If you're not sure of what's right, what's wrong, you'll kill your own people in battle. You don't even know who for you or who against you. You got to come to a place to realize when I go to worship I'm a testimony to be there first of all I'm a testimony just because I'm there because I'm there people gonna know this got to be right because this ain't right Pastor Trump wouldn't be here that's how you got to be at churches I got I got a a young man uh I thought that was him sitting over there but anyway I won't call his name out. but that's how you're supposed to be when you go somewhere? If he wasn't minister of the word, I wouldn't be there. That's how you have to be. My, my daughter, I can use her for an example. She come from Downriver, And uh, that's a good 40 miles right there. Easy. easy. And uh, she had been coming here since we was on Elizabeth Lake. Now there was somebody else who brought her here. But she didn't leave when they left. They the Lord used them to get her here. See, that's how God does. He gets you here. Now, she doesn't come for what she does, but she's here every Sunday. Probably for anybody in the house. Pretty close. You gotta come to a place to realize you gotta be like the deer. If you got to follow the water brook all the way to Pontiac to get the water, I, I got to have the water. That's what your soul thirsteth for. And I would say this to you I would not allow you to come five miles, ten miles to this house and be disappointed. You will not come here and find me without the word. Amen. That's not gonna happen. Like I told you, like I told you, my wife and I, my wife and I went out of town last week uh, and, uh, and uh, came back on a Saturday. I don't too much like, but we got back Saturday afternoon, and we got back about four o'clock. We got dropped off at the church around four o'clock, and so we came here. My wife and I came here because I, I I told her I got to be here in my office. So we stayed about 8.30 in my office. She stayed in her office, and I stayed in my office. About 8.30 we went home, and long story short, next morning we here before 6 o'clock again. But that's how we do things. But I would not let you come in here and tell you, you know, I, I, I really didn't get a chance to study. <laughs> that ain't fair to you. Because you come... Forty miles to get the word, and you got to hear a preacher, a lazy preacher. That's what happened here. That's why the word that God gave me here changes your life. Philippians you you chapter three. Philippians chapter three, and the reason I know it changed your life because it's changing mine. Philippians chapter three. I want. I want to go to verse ten. I read it this morning. I'm not going to be able to read it all. I want to read verse two. Uh, I want to show you what Paul said. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7. Let's go back there. That's what we are. He says, What things will gain to me those I counted lost for Christ? So you got to understand something. When you want the word, when you want to know the word, you're going to have to get rid of this other stuff. See, there's a lot of imitation. There's some stuff just imitation. It's not the truth. It's not the true deal. Not. I'm preaching to you the real Mede- real deal. The real McCoy. This, this, this ain't homegrown. That's how the guy got me to start smoking one Homegrown. Stank up everything. Everybody knew what I was doing. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm all right. God said, man, you've been out back. And he says, how you know that? <laughs> you stink," right. He said, yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss. Watch this. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. His whole thing is all this stuff that I learned Pharisee of the Pharisee. From the tribe of Benjamin. All this stuff I had. I don't need it. I need the knowledge of Christ. When the enemy attacks your life, what is he trying to get to? I'm going to show it to you just a minute. We'll go to 2 Corinthians 10 next. Don't, don't even forget that. And verse 10 says, that I may know him. I need you to read with me. Verse 10 up on the street. That I may know him And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. That I may know him. Paul thing was that I may know him. He he wanted the knowledge of God so bad. Until he was willing to give up everything that he had learned. That I may know him. That's when you're ready for the word. That's when you're ready for the word. My wife will tell you, if you schedule me a seven-day vacation, I'm not going to take it. And she can say, it's already paid for. I got people who ask her, we want going to pay for your past vacation. I'm serious. And she'll tell him, he won't go. I'm going to pay for it. I had a man pay for us a cruise. Set, uh, cruise. I said, is it seven days? No, we we'll would be back said. I said, okay, we'll take it. Paid for. I had more than one person pay for me on vacation. But I'm not taking no vacation. I went on vacation one time my whole life for seven days and I like to (laughs) die. Everything was okay until Sunday morning. Huh? When it came down to Sunday morning, I'm on a cruise ship and everybody's asleep no more that'll never happen again Mm -mm. i gotta be right here when i come here on a saturday when i come here on saturday it is so i can spend time with him intimately time with him so he can put his word in my mind and then i get up the next morning i come back here again And I sleep on that word he gave me all night, Saturday night. I come back Sunday morning, and he put more word in my mind. Oh, that's my time with the Lord. That I may know him. Let's move on. That's that's the key. Now, why this is so important. I told you this morning, uh, let's go to uh, Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians, first of all, chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2. And I'm going to show you in verse 16. These people came against the apostle Paul of preaching to the Gentiles. Now, if you believe water baptism will be saved, you need to listen to this verse Because they fought Paul, they fought him, so he would not preach to the Gentiles, so they would not be saved. Now, just think about it. He didn't say they fought against him for water baptism. They fought against him, so he would not preach to the Gentiles. That's what you want to hear. Philippians chapter 2, verse 16. They were forbidden us, Paul says. Let's back up to verse 14. Let's take it all in context. I got I the got bag up to all of that. I can't miss none of it. First Thessalonians chapter 2, and what verse? Uh, let's, go to, let's go all the way up to verse 13. I'm going to have to read that down to 16. Okay, we come to this. Let's go to verse 13. It says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, You receive it not as the word of men, but as it in truth, the word of God, watch this, which effectually worketh also in you that, what? Believe. Now, why is he using the word believe on that? Why the word of God won't work if you don't believe it? See, that's the part you got to understand. Why the word of God don't work if you don't believe it? Let me ask you a question. Why you can't have any babies if your wife don't let you have sex? If you ever figured out one, you're going to figure out another. Because to believe means to receive the word. So if you'll never open your heart and receive the word, how many can see what I'm saying? Amen. The word believe what means what? Receive the word. So when you believe it, you receive the word. So God can keep putting the word right at your heart, heart, but you won't own your heart to receive it. See, remember, only your heart can bring forth life of the word. Your heart responsibility is give life to the word. See, you go back and you listen to Mary, and Jesus came, Jesus was born of Mary. Well, how was Jesus born of Mary? The angel came to Mary and told Mary, I want you to bring forth Jesus. Mary said, Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel came, the Spirit of the Lord came up on her. The Spirit of the Lord came up on her and departed, imparted, I'm sorry, not departed, imparted the word into her heart. He impart, that's, 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 he's showing you how you bring forth a son. The Holy Ghost will overshadow you, and that holy thing which will you will be conceived will be of the, of the Father, and the child will be called the child of the Holy Ghost. You don't have children without men. I don't know do y'all, are y'all okay? <laughs> See, in these days, you got people who believe in water, baptism to be saved. You can't have children without, without men. That's why, we, that's why you have a husband and a wife, so you want children. So you got to understand the responsibility of a husband is to make sure his wife can get pregnant with children. That's when you, first, when you get married. My wife and I, are 19, 20 years old, I mean, we were going to have a whole house full of the Lord and stop us. <laughs> that, was our, that was my plan. So you've got, you got to understand that that is what, what happened. Now, spiritually, you gotta, if you can see that naturally, you can see it spiritually. You cannot get pregnant with Christ if the Holy Ghost did not put the word in your heart. Could you see that? So I'm only the preacher. I preach Christ to you. When you believe the word, the Holy Spirit takes that word you believe and put it in your heart. Just like He does everything that you get from God. So when you don't believe, you're the ones who keep Him from operating. Because you won't believe. To believe means to open my heart and receive the Word. That's all it is. And there are people who do not know how to receive and they don't understand it's a spiritual principle all through their life. When you don't receive and won't receive natural things, it's evident you won't receive spiritual things. You watch the same person who won't receive, he don't receive natural things or spiritual. You can give him something. You should have gave to somebody else. Why do you think God gave to you? You want to know what you receive. So you don't understand, that's, I used to be that way. And then God told me, he said, let people bless you. Come on, look at somebody and say, let, 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 let God bless you. God know, God know who he to you to bless you. God know how he want to bless you. You got to open your hand, you got to open your mouth, you got to open your heart. There are people, there are people who don't want to receive. You can hand them something that they need. Give it to somebody who needs it. That's their mentality. But they don't understand that's the same problem they got spiritually. All right. First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. Alright, I gave you chapter 2, right? And verse 13. For this cause also I thank God without our season, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you receive it not as the word of men, but as it in truth the word of God, which effectively worketh also in you that believe. For you, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which is in Judea, as in Christ Jesus. For you also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have also of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and has, and of their own prophets, the Bible says, and has persecuted us. They please not God and are contrary to all men. And now we get to verse 16. Forbidding us to speak, that would speak mean priest, to preach to the Gentiles, that they might be saved. Forbidding us to preach to the Gentiles that they might be saved. To full, to fill up their sins always, for the wrath of God is come upon them to the uttermost. And see, people do not think that there is a consequence in their decision. See, you got to understand something. The judgment of God has already been resolved. Let me show you what I mean. Look at Galatia chapter number five. See, we think that think cost, things don't happen, everything is okay. That's not that's not the way it works. There's a consequence to every decision you make. Galatia chapter five. How many ever heard the word "be not deceived"? God's not mocked. How many know where that at? No, no, no. First Corinthians fifteen thirty-three has to do with evil communication corrupt good manners. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sow, yeah, you know the verse but I'm asking, well, do you know where that? That—that's my. I'm getting to a point. Galatia what? 6, seven. six and 7. I'm, I told you go to Galatians chapter 6. I'm just saying, did you happen to already know that? <coughs> See, Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7. You ought to be there by now, right? It said, Be not deceived. Now, what is he saying this for? He said, Look, God is not mocked. Do you think you can just mock God's word? There's a consequences. Be not deceived, God not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Watch this, this is a spiritual principle. Be not deceived, God not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. How many ever heard you're going to reap what you sow? How many ever heard that? How many know that's true? See, so if you sow to your flesh, you reap the things of your flesh. That's why people reap corruption. If you do wicked you reap wicked. People don't realize why they reap wickedness. Because that's what they sow. But they want God to bless spiritually. No, you got to reap what you sow. Now, if you watch the next verse, verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall also reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall also reap life everlasting. So you decide what you want to come back. Let me move on. Now, I got another thing I got to show you. And and I gave that this this morning. Look at 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 10. In 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 10, you have to believe the word. Receive the word into your heart that's why God looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. Every man got to give an account to God. Not at judgment. This is life. It's like I want God to do some things here, spiritually speaking. This has been mine all my life. I can't live contrary to the will of God. And expect God to do what I'm praying for. Do everybody understand how that works? Exactly. There is a, I must walk in the spirit and I will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I can't do right and reap wrong just like I can't do wrong and reap right. And the key, what what I learned is was in the life of the kings. See, I look at myself as uh, Abraham. You may not see yourself as somebody, as a model in the Bible, but I see myself as a model of myself after a person like Abraham, where Abraham had to leave his country, his father's house, and go to a place that he did not know where he was going. That was me. And then God had an assignment for me. I don't have the money to do it. Don't have the people to do it. But yet God wanted it done. And I said, yes, Lord. Let's do it. And God showed me, as you do what I say, I will add everything you need it doesn't be there when you first start. You just walk out in obedience. Doing what God telling you to do. And all of a sudden, there comes somebody running up beside and say, God told me to come over here with you. That's how it works. Hallelujah. You got to know how God works. You got to know how, what you're supposed to be doing. Now, the knowledge of the truth have to happen in the heart, and you're going to have to believe God, not with your head. See, there's a whole lot of people think they believe God, but if you believe God, you, after a while you'll become Stable. Anybody that don't believe God is never stable. Let me say it again. Once you come to a place where you believe God, you become stable. If you're not, you still, what you call wishy-washy? You up and you down. Yesterday is different from today, but once you become stable, people look at my wife and I and says, "Man, y'all been married fifty four years." Yeah, you know what I call it? Call stability. Come stable. You got to learn how to become stable. That's what the Word of God does in your life. He brings stability. He bring weight, stability to your life. When you've been married a long time, you will know that it's because you became stable. That means you can't have everything you want. You came to a place, I can't have a man I want, I can't have a woman I want. I got to do it God's way. And once you realize i got to do it God's way, you begin to see your life become stable. When you first start out, you don't see your life stable. Because you're at a place of panic. You want everything. That's when you first start out you get 18, 19 years old. You want everything. It's like you go to a, to a shopping center and you run through this one and say, I want that. And I want that. You look at your little, but I'm on a bicycle. Well, i am a put carry? But you want everything tomorrow has? See, if you've got to come to a place where your heart settles down and you know what you want and you are thankful for what you got and you're not lusting out for nothing else, when you reach that place, you have become stable. We're in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 right now. My God Almighty. I'm, I'm not almost there. Paul says in verse 13, as a matter of fact, I gotta, I gotta move up, right? Uh, in second Thessalonians, we're in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna start reading with uh, uh verse 10. Let's do that. It says and with all deceiviness, all deceiviness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they, watch, they receive. Not the love of the truth, watch the, that they might be saved. Everywhere you see the people who did not receive the word, it was that, that they might be saved. See, your life is a product of, you don't want the word. Or your life is a product of, I want the word. So I learned that if I just stay stable and keep eating this word, stop looking to the right hand or to the left hand, just keep on eating the word, before long, I'm going to become stable. I trust the word to do that. And verse number 11 says, And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusions that they shall believe a lie. Why did they believe a lie? Here it is. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth. So why do people believe a lie? Because they do not believe the truth. Look at it again. Put on this, put the I'm waiting for the word on the screen. I can't go nowhere. I won't go nowhere until the word hit the screen. Because what I'm saying has to be on the screen. That's why I, I, I'm so patient. When I don't see on the screen, I just keep going over and over and over. Because it has to be on the screen. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And verse number 10, once again, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And with all the deceiviness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Now watch the verse eleven says. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they shall believe a lie. My point is, why do they believe a lie? See, you don't understand. If you don't believe the truth, you're going to believe a lie. Verse number 17, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but they had pleasure in unrighteousness. But Paul said in verse 13, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for your brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and watch this, belief of the truth. You cannot be saved without believing the truth. And yet people are Dying and going to hell by the multitudes because they want to do it their way. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sow is what he going to reap. If you sow to the flesh, you going to reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you will reap life. I just don't want you to get as old as I am before you find out. What you reaping is what you've been sowing all those years, man. It's an awesome thing to sow the wrong seed for fifty years, and you get old, and you want to reap some what's right. I'm here to tell you. Look at verse number fourteen. Why, until Paul said he called you by our gospel to obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ? Therefore, we stand. Fast and hold the tradition which you have been taught, whether by word or epistle. You got to stand and hold on to the word. Colossians chapter 2. Now, God put everything you need in Christ. Colossians chapter 2. God put everything you're going to need in Christ. God put all your spiritual knowledge in Christ. I told you I'm going to show you something. Uh, The Holy Ghost, keep in mind and i got to go to it before I do Colossians 2. Remember, I'm doing Colossians 2, chapter 1, uh, through verse 8. But I just told you i got to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Remember that? Y'all do remember that, right? All right. In 2 Corinthians, nobody will ever say anything, but so I just, the Lord keep bringing it up in my spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Now watch this, what Paul says. Start with verse 4. Go down and read verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. Watch what Paul says. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down the stronghold. All right, watch what he said in verse, verse 5. Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against one thing. What is it? all the spiritual enemy that come against your life is exalting itself against the knowledge of God. So you got to understand something. The reason why the enemy is attacking you is because you are getting the knowledge of God. Let me read it again. Paul said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down the strongholds, casting down imaginations in every high thing, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So you got to understand something. This is is spiritual. This is the spiritual realm. The flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, so you can't do the thing that you would. You got to understand something. You You are getting the knowledge of God. You got to keep getting the knowledge of God. Regardless of what comes against your life, keep getting the knowledge of God. You'll see the, you'll see the change. The change will come, but you got to keep getting the knowledge of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Colossians chapter 2 now. We're going to look at verse 1 through verse 8. So he's going to tell you beware. He's going to stop this oh, war warning you against error. You cannot run a race in error. Some of you might have watched the Olympics and, and sometimes the people jump the gun, they call it. Start too fast. And the man would get ready to shoot the gun. Pow! But the guy already jumped. But everybody got to come. Everybody got to come back. It says, for I would that you know what great conflict I have for you, for them at Laodicea." to see and for as many as I have not seen my face in the flesh, Paul says. We're going to come with this camera moment here. And verse number two, that, being, that their hearts might be comforted, he says, being knit together in love unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God. Now, we know that the mystery of God is Christ. Christ is the truth. So he's talking about to the acknowledging of the truth and the Father of our Lord and the Father and of Christ. In whom are hid, talking about in Christ, Are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Where did God put all of his knowledge? Where did God put all of his wisdom? Where did God put all of his knowledge? Now everything's in Christ and where is Christ? So you got to understand something. That's why if you don't allow the, your heart you become the incubator of God's word. You don't know the process. You don't know the process. You don't know the process is what happens from start to finish. That's the process. That means that everything God wanted you to have, he has already given you. But you got to learn how to allow the Spirit of God in you to take what God already gave you and give life to it. Let me say it again. You got to understand, your heart is only the incubator of the Word. The seed Christ lives in you. But the Spirit of God have to take the Word of God that's in your heart and bring it up before you, and as you believe it, it's transferred from his account to your account. Let me say it again. God already put what you need in your heart. That's Christ. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Everything you're hoping for is already in you. But how do you get it translated from one kingdom to the other so you can use it? God have to allow you to hear it ministered or administered. And then God takes what he gave you and brings it up so you can see it. He wants you to believe it. You can't Believe it till you see it. You can't see it till you hear it. And once it's been tried by your eyes, you heard it, you believed it, you saw it, you agreed with God, God takes that now and puts it into your account so you can use it. Now your job is to start talking it out It's already been translated in your account. Now you got to talk it out. So once you begin to know that God, what do you mean by know? Spiritual intercourse. From now on in this house, you're going to know what it means to know the Lord. And somebody say to you how you got to where you are You'll know what it means when people say, I believe. Because I believe God. I know now. I believe God because I know now. I know in whom I have believed. See, you're trying to get something without believing God that's not gonna work Abraham made the same mistake that Adam made how many know what I meant then when I said that Abraham made the same mistake Adam made how many know what that meant See, you don't know the story that's why I'm giving you all these examples Adam made the same mistake, uh, Abraham made the same mistake Adam made. See, I, know, I don't talk about certain things in the Bible, but I, I'm going to do this one, okay? At the same time, Noah made a mistake also. How many know the mistake Noah made? Anybody ever read the book of Noah after the flood? What, what did he do? He got drunk. See, if you, go to, if you go look at the process, he got drunk and his older son went with his wife. That's why he was called Cain. Curse it be Cain. Because he has gone up to my tent. He went with Abraham. He went with Noah's wife. See, if you go back to Adam, the process started with Adam. Eve says, I have gotten me a man from the Lord. She didn't include Adam. See, you have to understand the same thing happened with Sarah. When God got ready to bless Abraham, uh, Sarah said, let's do it this way. You got to hear me out, and I'm trying to go somewhere. The first thing happened is the soul, the self man, the soul man said, let's do it my way. Not God's way, I'm going to do it my way. You will never get what you need from God doing it your way. All the way through the word of God. They try to do it their way. That's why the Bible said there is a way. <laughs> there's a way. But the end thereof is death. See, there's a way. that it seen right to man. And that's what happened with Abraham's wife. She came to Abraham and gave, gave, gave Abraham away to another woman. I don't think y'all understand. After that time, Abraham was not married to Sarah. He gave, she gave her husband away. That's why the Bible says he, Abraham had two wives. <laughs> and then when she realized what had happened, she put the woman out. Get out of here. Abraham put her out. See, see, if you go back all the way, all you're dealing with is the self-man, the soul man, trying to do his thing, and God not going to accept it. You have flesh, or the human nature, trying to please God. It's not going to work. All right, I only got a couple of minutes. I got to finish this. Let's let uh, let's go to uh, Second Timothy. No, I didn't finish Colossians. Let me finish Colossians here. Colossians chapter 2. And verse number 1 says, I would that you... Are you in Colossians chapter 2? Okay, I need to go down and look at the the last couple of verses. Uh, uh, Verse number 4. For this I say, brother... we Verse number 4. This I say, If any man should beguile you with enticing word... For though I be absent in flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joy in beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith. And you, ha- as you have been taught, abounding bounding therein with thanksgiving. And the next verse says, beware. Verse 8 said, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit, after tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Now, they had, Paul warned this church at Carlos because they were in error. See, if you if you if you think you can do something naturally and get spiritual results, it won't work. One, one more thing. Hebrew 10, 39. How long do you supposed to believe, Pastor? Hebrew chapter 10 and verse 39. How long do you supposed to believe? See, most people don't understand believing God. Let me tell you this way. Now, everybody know pregnancy lasts nine months. How, how many know pregnancy lasts nine months? Now, if somebody had not had the baby in his six months, you don't get mad with them, do you? Because you know pregnancy lasts what? Come on, I'm trying to show you a principle. But how long believing lasts? See what happened is we believe God and we may believe God for a week or two. We think it's all supposed to happen now because we don't have no time set on how long I'm supposed to believe. Look at Hebrews 10.39. See a lot of people's word can't come to pass because we don't keep them in the incubator long enough. We start believing. And then we stop believing. We go back to believing again. We stop believing. And then Lord help my... Now we want to to tell God help my unbelief. (laughs) You got to believe long enough. The Bible told you how long to believe. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 39. I wonder where you get there. Are you there? Let's let's read that out of the King James, then we're going to go to NLT, the same verse, just verse 39. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but we we are them that believe to the saving of the soul. We are them that believe to the saving of the soul. How long do we believe? Most people can't get the word in their hearts so their soul can be saved because they don't believe long enough. How long you got to believe the word? To the the saving of the soul. Keep saying it. Come on. How long do you, how long you believe the word? To the saving of the soul. soul. Now, when do you know your soul is saved? Now, if you just started out in Christ, your soul is not really saved yet. Now, for as God concerned, yeah. Is God the same? Well, are you sure what happened to you yet? See, that's what hap- Paul is going through with Israel because a lot of those people went back. Why are people in and out of the church? Why are they in and out? Why are they not consistent? See, they're not believing to the saving of the soul. See, once the soul gets saved, you're not going nowhere. Now, if you if you're saved, you know what I'm saying. Nobody got to watch you no more. Once your soul is saved, you ain't going nowhere. You ain't missing service here and You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you don't have to come to church and say, "I'm still saved." I mean, who are you staying there for? You? Because you're saved, how long are you saved? To the saving of the soul. So you, you that's how long you're gonna believe. So when God gives you anything in his word, you got eternity to believe. You can't stop believing nothing. Come on, say I, I can't stop believing. Right, so once you start believing on anything, you got to keep believing on that. Some of you have been delivered by God, healed by God, saved by God. Well, let me ask you a question. Brother Sister Lewis right here, our musician for the day, How long have you been married? 27 years. Do you believe you're still married? If I asked you 27 years ago, do you believe you're married? You say yeah, right? Do you, do you believe you're married 27 years ago? You're still married, ain't you? Still believe, ain't you? If I asked him that 10 years from now, will he still believe you're married? So you don't ever stop believing you. Once you get, once you get married, once it happens, you don't stop believing it. You believe unto the slave of the soul. See, once the soul have received Christ, now you just, you, you, you becomes a believer. You never stop believing. Every day of your life, you wake up, get up on your feet, I'm sorry. Every day of your life, you wake up, you are still a believer. If the enemy can get you to not believe, That's where you never want to get to. That's why Jesus said, if thou can believe. There's no way he's going to tell you if you stop believing. If you can believe, all things are possible. So every day of your life, you got to keep believing. Every day of your life. Whatever God did for you 10 years ago, you still believe it. Whatever God did for you 20 years ago, you still believe it. See, just for example, for example, you see, you see this lady right here with the orange right through there? Now, you got orange on, you still looking behind you. You don't want I'm, uh, pink. Is that pink? I'm sorry, pink. Forgive my orange. All right. The one with the pink on right there. You don't have to worry about your children no more. Just keep believing. God's already showed you. See, once God has done it, all you do is what? Believe. Just keep believing. Stop looking at the the natural stuff. Don't look at that. Don't don't look at that. I mean, Brother Lewis, sister Louis, you missed church about a month ago for, for a Sunday. Sister Louis still saved? You you see what I'm saying? See, you, you don't you don't throw away and so say she ain't saved because she didn't come to church for a Sunday. Ain't nobody here more faithful than sister. Do you understand? So, but you got to understand something. Once God did it already, your job, keep on believing. Don't look at one one week that happened. It doesn't matter. God did that. And that's that's what helped me today in my marriage. That's why my wife and I are together today. Once I realized that God gave me this woman, it's settled. It's forever. His word is forever settled in heaven. I never worry about that anymore. God gave me her. So all the other stuff that I see in the meantime, it does not, nothing against what God already did. So I just go to bed and go to sleep. Because I already know God got this. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Amen. I had my, I, I, my daughter, I don't tell her what song to sing, but I saw her sing I believe today in a greater measure than I ever heard her sing. Lord, I believe. Amen. I want you to sing that song as I'm closing. You got your mic and stuff? Can you put her mic on while she closed out on that song? And you. People need God. People need Christ in their heart. This is what you gotta do. You gotta believe God. If you can believe, once you, once you hear the word, Christ died for your sins, He was buried and God raised him from the dead. Take the word with your soul and believe it into your soul and hold on to it. That's what keep believing means, just hold on to the word. And as you hold on to the word, the word keeps you, leads you, guides you, protects you. That word grow in you and become Fruitful. And becomes a tree in you, keep believing. So, if you can just believe that all things are possible, there's nothing impossible with God. People didn't think you will be saved, but they didn't know you were a believer. People didn't think you'll have your new house. They didn't know that you are a believer. People didn't know you have your new job, but they didn't know you are a believer. You know how to get what God has for you. You believe. My time is up. I thank you for yours. The door of faith is open unto